Hi, this is Jim Swilly. Welcome to Metron Live. Metron is a Greek word that means sphere of influence. I believe in living your best life possible, and that's the reason for this podcast. This is my Metron. Now let me help you discover yours. Welcome to the Metron Live podcast, the first one of 2019. Thank you for all the great feedback I've gotten recently from our podcast audience. We're coming to you live from Metron in beautiful, historic Midtown Atlanta. Metron people, would you give the podcast people a welcoming hand? We welcome you. Uh, I think this is an important series to start the new year off with, and my title is taken from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and I'll show you this verse in a moment, but the title is Meditation, Prayer, and Intention, Creating the Future with a Threefold Chord Not Easily Broken. And the term threefold chord comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and in chapter 4 it actually talks about relationships. It's where it says two are better than one, for if one falls, the other will lift up his fellow, and if one is cold, uh, you know, it talks about being warmer because you're with somebody. But then it says this interesting thing. It says um, a threefold cord is not easily broken. And I've taught on this before how that he's talking about two people and yet two people together become a third thing. It's like um, like you're still Francis and he's still Doc and you still have your individual personalities and yet there's something that a synergy that y'all have together. It's what, what the scripture calls becoming one flesh. And so there's a there's a, a an energy that you have with another person that becomes the third, the third strand of the cord. You understand what I mean by that? So, uh, and just from um, the structural uh, makeup of a rope, that third cord in the braid is what makes it unbreakable. To, to uh, um, well, I would say it this way. You can be broken, I can be broken, we can't be broken. The we is the third chord, or the third strand of the threefold chord. Let me show it to you. Uh, this is in the um, the voice. Uh, I like this. It says, this is Ecclesiastes 4.12. It says, and if one person is vulnerable to attack, who can drive the attacker away? As the saying goes, a rope made of three strands is not quickly broken. And you'll see that thread through the scriptures, like one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight, or where two or more are gathered together in my name, and you know, so there's this this concept of you and me together create a third thing. There's me, there's you, and then there's us. Um, and then uh, I want to show it to you in the message. <laughs> the message is uh, verse four twelve is uh, by yourself you're unprotected. With a friend you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. Now, this isn't a teaching on relationships. I just like that phrase, a threefold cord. I've been this has been in my spirit for a couple of months, but I wanted to, I wanted to save it for specifically talking about the combination of meditation, prayer, and intention. Um, I was googling some definitions, like what's the difference between meditation and prayer? What's the difference between prayer and intention? And this is the general consensus of some of the sites I visited was um, uh, I, heard, I saw a lot of people would say uh, prayer is you talking to God. Meditation is God talking to you. And I, I, that's like that makes sense. I, I don't take any issue with that. That's, that sounds good. And then I saw a lot of definition definitions said um, intention is me speaking out 
what I'm going to make happen. Prayer is me calling on a higher power to say such and such is going to happen. I don't have any issue with that either. Um, let me kind of move through this and then I'm going to share the personal side to it. This is kind of a new agey writer, but I like, like what uh, he says here. It says, one of the most important things to know about using the power of the mind to manifest your desires is the difference between intending and prayer. For what is within our power and wisdom to specify we may intend? For what is beyond our power to direct or, uh, or wisdom to specify we may pray about it. Intending and prayer are the ways we bring our intentions into manifesting in reality. Intending and praying are two different ways of causing things to happen supernaturally. The only real difference between intending and praying is whom you address. By intending, you acknowledge yourself as the source of power, influencing reality. By requesting, you humbly address forces wiser and more powerful than yourself. Intending is a lower level intention, whereas prayer is a higher level intention. Uh, intend for the mundane things you know you need. Intend for a good parking spot. Intend for the perfect product or service at the perfect price. Intend for a good job when you're looking for one. Intend for a positive and exciting day. Intend or it will be left to chance. I, I, I agree with every word of that. I think that, that really explains it. I, I've referred to this before, but I remember years ago on Saturday Night Live, Sally Field hosted. And this is when Phil Hartman was alive and still on there. And she, they did this thing where she was like this Southern evangelical Christian who was in the kitchen and she was praying about everything. It was like, dear Lord Jesus, I just pray when I break these eggs that they will, like, it was like too much prayer about too much minutia. And so Phil Hartman appears as Jesus and it was, it, it was funny. It wasn't blasphemous. It was funny because he was like, you don't really have to pray about breaking the eggs. You just break them. And, and it was, I, I, if I thought I would have looked for the clip to show it to you because it kind of makes this point. Because there is something, I'm telling you, this happens nearly 100% of the time. I would say 98 to 99% of the time. When I'm going somewhere, I say out of my mouth, I need a parking spot close to the door. I'm not praying about it. I'm not saying... Father, in the name of Jesus, because that's unnecessary. I just say, I, there is something about saying it out loud that do, I don't know why, it does make a difference. And I'll say, I need a, par I need a good parking space. And it, it just, it probably worked five times yesterday. Parking may not seem like a big deal to you, but when you live in the city and you drive everywhere, parking is a huge thing that can slow you down and irritate you. And, and a lot of people get into road rage because they're, you got a lot of places to be, and there's just no place to put your car. And it's it, it seems like a trivial thing, but when you're in your car all day long, it becomes a really big deal, especially when it's bad weather or whatever. Um, I like this. Uh, I like this because he's not he's not taking prayer out of the equation, and that's what I want to talk about. I I want you to get this this month threefold chord. It's meditation. It's prayer. It's intention. It's the three things working together that create the future. I mean, really, I don't want to get off message here, but I did a teaching years ago about um, the verse in Isaiah that says, uh, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And usually when people teach it, they think of waiting as, you know, just putting it in, in neutral and, and waiting. 
And that's not what the Hebrew word means. I don't remember the word right now, but it's it actually means to create a rope and to pull something toward yourself. And it was a really, really good teaching that uh, that I, I said, there's something that's out there in the future that you need pulled into your present. And so it's it's reaching to you. You're reaching to it. And the the cords are wrapping around one another until you pull it into your reality. And it was a really, really cool concept. And so that came up this morning in my spirit thinking about a threefold cord. It's not just praying. It's not just the power of intention. It's not just meditating. It's all of it working together. Anytime, any month that includes a meditation weekend, I'm, I'm nearly always going to teach on meditation because I, I, I want it to be a theme. I want the the actual event of us going somewhere and doing it, I want that to be the laboratory. But I, I, I want you to have it in your spirit and be thinking about it. This next, uh, uh, Michael Beckwith, if you get a chance to follow him, he's a brilliant man. I, I met him one time, and he's really very cool church in California. It says, when a caterpillar spins its cocoon, it goes through a transformative process and then emerges as a, as a butterfly. Uh, similarly, when we go through a practice of meditation and prayer, we loosen our egoic grip on a sense of self that is separate from the whole, that's capital W-H-O-L-E, and become vehicles of the emergent evolutionary paradigm of love, peace, compassion, wisdom, harmony, and oneness that seeks expression on the planet. Remember, I'm referring to a lot of uh, movie and television today, but um, the one line out of... Um, Bruce Almighty that I real that really did resonate with me that that uh, Jim Carrey movie, uh, it was the the um, the line be be the prayer become the prayer, and there's that's that's basically the kingdom message in microcosm. It's like it's not just praying about things; it's doing. You know, uh, there's there comes a time where you do more and pray less. When um, Moses prays at the Red Sea, God tells him not to pray. God says, you basically says, you don't have time to pray. He says, stretch forth your rod over the, in other words, do something. Like It's too, it's too late to ask me. <laughs> you got to do, which is what I want to talk about. But anyway, let me get through this so that uh, I get everything said today and still have time. Um, this meme, this is a quote by uh, Deepak Chopra. It says, prayer is your speaking to God and meditation is your allowing the Spirit to speak to you but it speaks in silence and manifests as intuition. This is very important. Um, when you pray and ask for an answer, it doesn't come back to you as a voice. Sometimes I hear a voice speak to me, but as often as, often as I hear one, I also don't hear one. And that doesn't mean that there's not an answer. It means that I've put it out there, and sometime today this is going to manifest, not in some spectacular way there's like there's no big you know i'm not going to hear james earl jones's voice coming out of the out of the cosmos uh it's just i'm just going to know what to do you know earl roberts used to teach something i never heard anybody else say this and i thought it was a really interesting concept because he's coming from a pentecostal paradigm but he said that he would pray in the spirit in the morning and he would set his mind to uh, to live out the interpretation all day long. Like he didn't wait for the 
the tongues to be interpreted in the conventional Pentecostal sense. It was, I'll know what to do. Like everything I say will be the interpretation of what I prayed in my prayer language. And, you know, for whatever, I mean, I had some issues. Or Roberts had some homophobic teaching, you know, that was reactionary to his gay son who committed suicide. There was a, you know, he had some blind spots. But he also was this country boy that came out of nowhere and created, if you, you know, if you've ever been to Tulsa, it's it's amazing that he created what he created. And some of you are too young to remember this, but before there was cable television, Oral Roberts would he would be on NBC prime time. You can't even there'd be no way to even buy time like that now. And he'd be on there like casting out demons and you know like like a tent revival. I mean that would just be unheard of now. And and then you know. In the 60s, he kind of went a different path, and he'd have like he'd have all these celebrities on. You'd have Jerry Lewis and all these movie stars, which the Pentecostals freaked out on because they went all worldly. But that, you know, that's how Carlton Pearson became known because he was part of the World Action Singers. I'm saying all that to say, even with his limitations, he was definitely plugged into something. And if for him it was using a prayer language and then interpreting it, it's basically the same thing that Deepak Chopra is saying here. It's like, I'm going to meditate, but the wisdom, or or should I say, the voice of God is going to come through me. Um, there's a reason why Paul said, prophesy according to the proportion of faith. I mean, a lot of crazy stuff has been done in the name of God, and it makes us all kind of reticent to say God said this, God, including me. I mean, I'm very careful about how I say God said this. Or However, at a certain point, you have to just be confident and say, I just know that I've heard from God and I'm just, I'm just going to do it and I don't even, if I get confirmation, fine, but this is, I have a gift of faith for it. Confirmation is great when you can get it, but sometimes the show must go on even without it. Because honestly, at the end of the day, you, you really know what's right for you. I mean, the best two or three witnesses can do is to kind of give you a green light that you're on the right path, but you have to make your own way. You just do. And, and you, have to, you have to become the voice of God for yourself. That's why, you know, it used to be on the first Sunday of the year, I would, I would try to come up with some prophetic word. You know, what's the, the word for this year? I don't even think like that anymore. I think, well, we just keep doing what we're doing. You know, it's like this is there's some great things about a paradigm shift of a new year, but, you know, I don't need to, you know, everything will be keen in 2019. I mean, it's like that's just I'm just in a different. <laughs> there is a reason why I've, I've posted some memes this week of when I've done some rhymes and they sound very Dr. Seussical. But the, it's been proven that the human brain believes rhyming words more. They, they, in theory, Johnny Cochran won his uh, case for O.J. Simpson with "If if it doesn't fit, you must acquit." There's some people believe what they hear that's spoken in rhyme. And I've heard I could tell you some stories of back in the day when everybody used to prophesy in rhyme. I've I've heard some things. You want to hear one of them? <laughs> I was out in Tulsa one time, and this guy was prophesying. Everybody. And, you know, when the, everybody's prophesying in rhyme, you can't help but anticipate the next thing they're going to say. Like, oh, yeah, even Katie's, Katy Perry's parents used to do this. Like, Keith would give the 
message of tongues and Mary would interpret it in rhyme. And, and a lot of times it was awesome. It was, oh, yes, yes, you see, the Lord thy God will be with thee. Like you kind of get in the blah, 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 blah. And uh, so this guy, De- Debbie was with me at the time. and uh, Which, by the way, Ken's on call today, in case you're wondering. I have not been abandoned. He's he's on call. Uh, but all these pastors are standing there waiting for this guy to prophesy over us. He gets to this one pastor and he says, I can't believe I'm telling this. He said, um, for, for, I, for the Lord says, I will give you a new heart. So I'm thinking, what's he going to rhyme with that? And he says, he says, for they have said you are just an old fart. I'm like, I asked the person, I said, did he just say what I, you're really telling me God just said. <laughs> so by the, by the time he got to me, I was not in receptive mode. I'm just like, <laughs> sure, whatever. Like, despise not prophesyings, but wowzers. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I think it's the first time I've ever said that word in a sermon. Um, and then uh, this, I'm going to show you this. Uh, this is number six by Dr. Gabriel Cousins. Uh, scientific support for collective meditation prayer. I, I like this one because that's what we're going to be doing on the 19th and 20th. There's meditation can is a private thing, but there is something that happens when you meditate with a group of people. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know that I want to explain it. I know those of you that I've meditated with, my heart is is knit with yours. Uh, it says DNA gives off a frequency that arranges and affects the molecular structures both inside our body creating health or illness and outside our body. Therefore, as we change our emotions and thoughts, we create a feeling that changes the DNA. This change in DNA changes the consciousness pattern outside of ourselves in all of nature, including as human beings and our consciousness as we are a part of nature. By this state of our consciousness, we have the opportunity to create a social mat- a social matrix of peace that can heal the planet. This is a kind of a butterfly effect thing. I don't think us going on some weekend and meditating together is going to change the world. It's going to change a part of it. And you know, if they say that the movement of a butterfly's wings—that's what butterfly effect means—they they believe that something as simple as butterflies moving their wings, eventually as that movement escalates and gets into perpetual motion, it ends up being hurricanes. It's like er everything is connected to everything. So every, I mean, I think about it all the time, like when I'm kind to someone, especially when it's somebody that I think doesn't assume I'm going to be kind to them. And they don't know who I am. They don't know I'm in the ministry. I'm just a human being to human being. Uh, I think, well, this isn't going to change your life right now, but this little, act, this random act of kindness may have an effect down the line. When you don't know, somebody could be on the edge and about to take a gun and go in and mow people down, and one act of kindness could keep them from going over the edge. You you don't know. You can't overthink stuff like that, or you'd go crazy thinking about it. But but when you have a, an opportunity just to just to, you know. I told you this before, but uh, this is back when I had the studio. Uh, there was one one day. Now when I look back, it was like 
all silly stuff that shouldn't have mattered. It's just that it was a lot of aggravation and I was running behind. There was a lot. It was just one of those days. Nothing was working out. You know, I said, the parking stuff happens 99% of the time. This was the day that the 1% when it didn't. And it just one thing after another. And this seems like a small thing, but I, I, I need to get a coffee. This is my daily iced coffee. That's a, that's a thing for me. And it's like it releases a lot of positive endorphins and that sort of thing. And so uh, Ken pulled up. I said, just let me out here. Let me go and get a coffee. I, 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 need, to, I need to regroup because this day is being, I need to get this day rebooted. And I walk in there, and the line looks like people waiting for the scream machine at Six Flags. Like, you have got to be kidding! And it's one of those things. Now it doesn't seem like that big a deal, but it, like, you know, it was, that day I was like, "Crap, really, really?" And there was a, a barista. She's not even there anymore, but she used to work there. And I, I, out of the crowd, I saw her lean over and say, "And." It seems like a small thing, but I, I literally started crying. It was just like it had been such a bad day. And I walked up. I said, how did you see me? She said, just take it. You know, uh, I said, what do I pay? She said, for free. I went immediately got her a $100 gift certificate at a store. And I said, I know, you don't, I know to you it was just a cup of coffee. You kind of saved my life on Saturday. And I just want to thank you for it. And then she in turn says, you have no idea how much I needed this right now, which that's the whole point of the pay it forward thing. Whereas if, if you know, if, if she hadn't done that, I would have walked out and you know, I would have figured it out. It wasn't the end of the world. And you know how when you're in the middle of your stuff, you can say, this isn't this big a deal. This isn't cancer. This isn't hunger or whatever. It's just, it's crap because you're in the middle of it. You're like, I know I should be you know, counting my blessings, but right now I'm just counting how many people are in this line in front of me. Um, yeah, exactly. It's a threefold chord. And so you don't underestimate simple things. I mean, it's, why else would Jesus say, whoever gives a, a cup of water to a, a prophet receives the prophet's reward? Why? Because he can't prophesy with a dry throat. So that if you if you're a part of making that happen, yeah, it does. It counts. Every little thing counts. I was halfway kidding at the uh, Christmas party, but you know, I I don't like being late for my own party. It's like if I'm the host, I want to be there before people get there. And that there was construction on West Peachtree, and it was just locked down. And it's just one of those things where you're like, well, I'm gonna have to just this just is what it is. I can't get there. And time we got there was most of y'all were running late, so I was there before most of you got there. And again, it wasn't, I wasn't about to kill myself or anything like that. It's just, ooh, these last 30 minutes trying to get down this little stretch of, I could have walked here faster. And uh, Avery met me with a, we had wine there. She met me with something red. And I said, I looked at it, I said, of all the things you've done for me over the years, which has been a lot, this is perhaps the greatest. <laughs> I'm sure you did other stuff, but this... Because what it said to me is, you know what? It's Christmas. You made it. Relax. Have a glass of wine. Your friends are going to be here in a minute. And it it was turned out this beautiful, amazing evening. Um, and I was joking, but not really. 
Because right then, that's really what I needed, you know? Um, and then, uh, let me go ahead and give you the seventh point, and I'll talk, talk to you a little bit, and then we'll meditate by Dr. Dyer. Uh, it says, choose to be in close proximity to people who are empowering, who appeal to your sense of connection, to intention, who see the greatness in you, who feel connected to God, who live a life that gives evidence that Spirit has found celebration through them. All right. That's my outline. Here's my story. Um, some of you saw uh, Thursday that I just said, uh, pray for my dad, please. And uh, I'm not going to go to protect his dignity. I'm only going to give you so much information about this because it doesn't matter what happened. It's just, you know, with his uh, his diagnosis of Alzheimer's, you know, it's a progressive thing, but mom called me, you know, one o'clock in the morning on Thursday and, and he had taken up like a severely dramatic turn to the point when I went over there, I thought, all right, we've got to do something today. There's no, she can't handle this. I've either got to move in here or get somebody 24 hours or we've got to put it, like if this is the new normal, this isn't going to work. And you, and those of you who have been through that, there's that day that comes where you're like, wow, okay, we're we're in it now. And one good thing about, I do like this about social media is, you know, you can just say, pray for something. And like, in seconds, it's like, bzz, 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 your phone start, starts lighting up. And, and here's the thing, I mean, he's not healed of it, but I went from, if there's no way to tell, you imagine the worst things in Alzheimer's, all of it was manifesting, manifesting at once. He went from that, to that afternoon, taking a walk by himself. I mean, I went from, how are we going to get him out of this floor and trying to teach him how to use a walker to he's walking on his own and walking without a cane. And it was, we kept, I kept saying, because I talked to three of my kids, you know, and Jared was crying on the phone because he's dealing with a thing with his other grandfather. And, well, you know, I'm trying to comfort them. Like, it's not, you know, we're going to get through it and blah, blah, blah. And uh, <laughs> so by the time... Later in the day, because Clary Stephen cooked for us, and we went over there and ate. Mom and I said to each other, like, people are going to think we're making this, like we were overreacting because in just a few hours, it's so completely different. I mean, he still didn't know who I was and that sort of thing, but it's not, it was so much better than it was. And I said, it's because of the prayer. It's all that prayer. And I've experienced that before. It's like you get this, this energy surge of prayer and it really does make a difference. But here's the thing. And I, I want you to understand this about prayer because I got a, I have a long history with prayer and intercession. You know, those of you that have been with me for a long time know, you know, we used to do weeks of prayer and early morning prayer and all night long. We used to pray all night long. Remember we used to do that sometimes and I'd give different care pastors a, an hour shift. And I mean, I have, I have prayed in my life. And, uh, you know, I used to, I used to fast every Wednesday and, and, you know, I've, I've put in some time in prayer and I've learned some things about what it is and what it isn't. Like all the people that were saying, praying for your dad, praying for your dad, praying for your dad, I don't believe, I don't visualize an old man in heaven sitting on a throne that we bugged enough 
till he finally thought, crap, I'm going to have to do something. And I know that some people think that's what prayer is because of two things that Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 11 and in Luke chapter 18. One of them is when he gives the story of the unjust judge. And the woman keeps bugging him to finally he says, this woman's going to drive me crazy. I'm going to have to vindicate her. And there's another one in verse in chapter 18 about the man who has already locked his house down for the night and has got his children in bed. And a man keeps knocking at the door saying, give me bread. And the guy says, he's not going to go away. I'm going to have to get up and, and uh, let him in. So if people think in the story God is the unjust judge or God is the man in bed, then they get this idea, well, if I just bombard heaven, eventually God's going to come through. Now let me tell you what's wrong with that, with that premise. I've, there have been too many times in my life where somebody in the church either had cancer or leukemia or something, and we all went to the church and we, just, we were just going to pray it through, pray it through, pray it through. What happens at a certain point, you don't realize it, but you start getting angry because you're praying and you're like, God, what's the problem here? You know, we're all here praying. Why don't you do something? You don't realize that you're getting mad, but you believe in this God who is all powerful. And you're like, I'm sleep deprived. I've been up for hours. Like, If this was if, you know, I've even you say this like if God, if you were asking me this, I would do it for you. Why are you? Why are you? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like you're like, I prayed in Jesus' name and it didn't work. You told me this is supposed to work. So you're praying in anger. And it's nearly every time it's happened, the person has gone and died anyway. Now, I've seen other people who said, look, I got this really bad diagnosis. This is what they've said. I'm not receiving it. I'm just going to stay strong, whatever. And they, I don't really want to talk about it. You don't need to anoint me or whatever. I'm... One way or the other, I'm going to be okay. And somehow those people seem to get through famously. Well, yeah. Exactly. I'm not going to tell the, the Ray story again. I've told it too many times. But I'll tell it one more time. No, but when Ray, I mean, Ray had a heart attack that was, you know, what they call the widow maker. And, you know, it, I mean, we were all freaked out about it, but we weren't freaked out. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, we were... He's going to have to be okay. And, you know, and, and that's when, what, four years ago, five years ago? So, and I've taught on this before about, you know, why did James say, let your request be made known unto God? It would be like if I said, um, um, if Keith says he's going to get this rug, and I say, are you going to bring it Sunday? You know, and he's not there. And I'm like, Calling him all night long, calling at three o'clock in the morning. Keith, are you bringing the rugs? Where's the rug? After a while, you'd be like, "Crap! I said I'm bringing the rug." I'm at a certain point, you know, you would just. I don't even want to. It's like you're taking the joy out. I don't even want to bring the rug now. You know, there's a certain amount of faith. Like, all right, you said you were going to do it. Okay, I didn't even think about it again until I walked in last week. Oh, okay, I like it. It's good. Um, and I think that's what happens. It's like we think that we're having to force God into something. And that's one one thing that these power of intention people have tapped into is the idea of detachment is that you, um, and I'm not going to tell you all my stories again about raisinettes and all that kind of thing, but I've had so many things that were just kind of off-the-cuff statements that I made that absolutely did manifest. To which you think, well, man, if that was that easy to make that happen, why can't I get this thing? And it's because you attach too much importance to that thing. And, and, and so here's, my, here's what I learned from this past Thursday. I mean, I don't have some praise report to say, he's totally restored. No, we, we still have 
a journey with him. What I can say is the prayer made a difference. And it, hear me out on this, had very little to do with God. The prayer is lateral. It's like, wow, I'm feeling this love and energy come from people who love me, who love my mom, who love my dad, who care about us, who can empathize with it because they've been through similar things. And even without me reading the messages, every time I would feel my phone buzz, I, the situation got better. And it's like, that's what, prayer is this really intimate thing that I don't want to ever lose. I mean, I, I don't want it ever to become meaningless when somebody says, I'm praying for you. It does mean something. But it doesn't mean that you're just finally irritating God. Or he got up off His throne and finally did something. Because that's what, people don't even realize they're thinking that, but that's what they're thinking. Like, God, why are you making this so hard? If you said believe you receive when you when I pray, you know, to which the answer should be, well, that if you believe you receive when you pray, why are you still praying? So, I like this idea. It's not all just meditation. It's not all just the power of intention. It's not all just prayer. It's those three things together. Well, when do you, when do you do when? When it's appropriate. Sometimes, you just want to hear an old school prayer, like just just pray. I was I was uh, well. You heard me tell this at um, um, Spirit and Truth, but when we flew back from New York the other night, I don't even know theologically I can even defend this. But when we're getting on the plane, I put my hand on the door. I plead the blood of Jesus over this plane. Now it, I don't technically even believe that makes any difference, and yet I ain't getting on that plane without the blood of Jesus. And there's no point in me, I, I don't need power of intention. For a plane, I got to bring in big guns. I got to bring in Jesus and blood. <laughs> All of that. <laughs> and it, because that's what it's all part of this is what's appropriate right now. This is what I can get my head around. I don't have time to examine. Do I really believe? No, that's not the point. Exactly. And once I say that, I enter into rest over. Like, well, I pled the blood. So there's some part of me that has confidence that, oh, well, that's going to, that's going to make a difference. Um, Should I tell this? I don't even know that she would remember this because of the state she was in at the time. Years ago, when we had to, we found out Jared had a problem, we had to take him out to a drug rehab. My first ex-wife and her husband were flying out there and Debbie and I were flying out there and so there's only one flight a day that would go there so my Jared and Christina's mom called me and she the thing that she was she, she kept talking about this flight we were going to make together and, and I was misunderstanding her I said 
I don't know what you're, are, are you worried that we're going to be on the same flight together? Because if we are, don't worry. It's like, I'm, we're, I'm not wanting to see you any more than you're, I mean, really, that's what I'm saying. Like, don't worry. Uh, like, we're just, we're, we're, it's the only flight there is. She says, no, that's not what I'm saying. She says, I know if you're on that plane, that plane's not going to go down. And I said, what? She said, you might not have been a good husband, but you're the most anointed man of God I've ever met. And I know if you're on that plane, the plane's not going. So I said, so you want me on the flight? She goes, yeah, I don't want you. I want you on the flight. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I didn't see that one coming. Uh, It was just funny, but that's where her level of faith was. You know what I mean? I thought, wow, talk about being able to compartmentalize. (laughs) Um, I think it was okay to tell that Uh, all right so so this is what I saw this week about prayer and really why we should just pray for each other every day Uh, I love it's love that Burt Bacharach song um, from the Broadway show promises promises Dionne Warwick sang it and then Aretha covered it but it's a the morning I wake up, before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you. Now that's not a that's not a song about intercession. I never pictured Dionne Warwick praying in tongues. What she was saying is, is I'm thinking about you all the time, and I'm wanting the best for you, and you know, and combing my hair now, and wondering which dress to wear now. I say a little prayer for you. That's a really sweet pop song that really captures the essence of what I'm talking about. It's just a, that's what prayer is. It's a connection. It's not, I'm trying to get God to move. It's, no, I'm praying for you. And I'm telling you, it. (laughs) the difference between my dad on Thursday morning and Thursday afternoon is astounding. I've never seen such a dramatic I mean, I'm literally on the phone. Thinking, I've, we've got to call Medicare and see if they. I've got to get a nurse here. We got. We can't. We can't get through the afternoon. To <laughs> where is he? Oh, he's out walking. What? <laughs> I mean, he walked so far. I had to get in the car and go find him. Like, okay, let's go back home. What happened? Prayer. Um. Is it intention? Sometimes. Intention is, for lack of better word, I don't have to bother God with this. Um, and when I say God, I'm, I respect whoever you see as your higher power. Do you know what I mean? If you say to me, I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over you, I don't have any issue with that. I'm like, okay, fine. That's in your from your paradigm, that's the way you pray. Okay. You know what? I can use all the prayer I can get. I mean, think about how many times Paul would write to the churches and nearly every time he would say, don't forget to pray for us. Don't forget to pray for us. In other words, I need to feel that energy. And prayer doesn't necessarily mean that everything's bad. And sometimes if you say, pray for me, it doesn't mean I'm standing on a building right now about to jump off. Please pray. It's not that. It's... Yeah, I'm going through some stuff. I don't even need to go into detail about it. Just a little prayer would be appreciated. That's what 
I don't like when people get on social media and tell you every detail about the stuff and show pictures of their infected leg and stuff that you like, oh my God, I can't unsee this. That's T-M-I. However, there is something about just saying, y'all pray for me. And everybody's like, I got you. That is completely valid. And I've, I've seen it as recently as this week absolutely make a difference. Absolutely. I know Alzheimer's comes and goes and, you know, ebbs and flows. But I'm telling you, this was a different thing. It was like, wow, this made a difference. To where it makes you think, wow, what would happen if everybody just prayed for everybody that way every day? But but you don't always have that energy. You know what I mean? It's like when you know something's up with somebody, you do ramp up the, you send a little stronger vibe because, you know, even, uh, I didn't, this is the first Christmas I didn't watch it, but the opening montage of uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Remember, it shows it's, it shows a picture of outer space and these voices are praying for George Bailey. You know, dear God, please, please be with my friend George. It's like this, this really beautiful opening shot to say that this isn't a, a big movie about intercession. It's about people caring about what's happening with somebody else and sending up a prayer. And there's a, in that story, it manifested as an angel coming. But Chopra says it manifests as your intuition. Whatever. Whatever works. This is, this is what I wish religious people would understand about the concept of namaste. Somebody else doesn't have to be wrong for you to be right. Uh, I've shared this with you before and even wrote it a few years ago. I wrote an article about it. Sometimes I repost it. Because I have friends who are all over the spectrum of theology. I got some friends that will say, I, you know, I'm praying for you. By his stripes, you're healed. That's their, that's their mentality. And I got other friends who will say, I'm sending you positive energy or, you know, good vibrations or whatever. And I've noticed that a lot of the by his stripes, you're healed people don't like the I'm sending you healing energy people. And so, well, exactly. So somebody pretty close to me, this has been a while back, was giving a praise report about her husband getting a clean bill of health or something. And somebody else wrote, and, and that was because of Jesus. That wasn't because of some good vibrations or good positive thoughts. So I in messaged them because I knew who they were talking to because I had said, I'm sending you good healing energy. And I said, well, I apologize that my positive thoughts were so poorly received. I'll try to think more negatively about your husband. And I'm, would you like it better if I sent death energy to him? Uh, you know, like, should I be in agreement that the doctor was right and he does have six months to live? Like, okay, I'll, I can send you that if you prefer. And, uh, of course, you know, being way too sarcastic, but this is somebody that should have just said, you know what? Rattle some beads. Do a rain dance. Hail Mary full of grace. Whatever. You know? Not just a threefold chord. Let's add a fifth and a sixth. Let's add the seventh and an eighth. If you're really sick, are you really going to split hairs over whatever you call it? Because you're right. It is the same thing. Prayer is just energy that you move around. 
That's all it is. It's not oratory. And it's not even always words. I've had somebody come up before and just take my hand or put their arm around me and I knew it was a prayer. It was them saying, I know you're going through some stuff. We don't have to talk about it. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Does that matter? Heck yeah, it matters. It, it, it matters. It, to me, if it's somebody who really knows you and gets what you're going through, I'd rather have somebody squeeze my hand than somebody who doesn't know me and doesn't understand the situation to pray in tongues over me for five hours. That's sounding brass and tinkling cymbal as far as I'm concerned. I'm like, you don't even know me. Shut up. Prayer, prayer is this intimate thing that says, I'm thinking about you. I care about you. One thing that was, that I, because I, I learned a lot of stuff since Thursday. So many people, like on my main page, I got 5,000 friends. 2,000 on my, uh, what they call fan page. So I don't, I'm friends with a lot of people that aren't in my feed. I don't even, don't even know that we're, like, when did we become, and I got 2,000 people blocked. Um, I do. Um, but a lot of people were posting, I'm praying for your dad, that I thought, A, I didn't even know we were friends on Facebook. B, when did you start reading? Like, you've never responded to anything that I've ever posted. It was just really interesting. And I didn't resent it. It was like, wow, my community's bigger than I realized. That to me was a, a touchstone because I think a couple of years ago, I would have looked at it and said, yeah, now you come praying. You don't know my life. But I didn't feel that way at all. I thought, you know, okay, great. We can, we can. I'd rather, exactly. I'd rather some, like, sure, pray. Y'all have your prayer group pray. I'm fine with it. I would rather that than somebody saying, please tell me what we can do. You can't do anything. This is our, this is our cross to bear. We're dealing with it. We'll get through it like everybody else gets through it with their family. You can't do anything. But yeah, prayer, that, that, that means something. Thank you. If nothing else, Thursday was a lot more tolerable for my mom and me than it would have been if we were completely isolated and going through that and nobody cared. There's something about, you know, feeling the wind at your back when you got people like that, you know, three of the most powerful words anybody could ever say to you is, I got you. It just means, it means everything. And it means, sometimes it means I don't have to, you don't have to talk about it. I might not even understand what, because look, I've learned now there's some things, if you haven't been through it yet, you don't know. People say, I know what you're going through. No, you don't. You don't know what that's like. No, you do not. You can only empathize with somebody if you have been through a similar thing. It doesn't mean that you're divorced from the situation, though. You can still say, as a human being, I can imagine what that must feel like for you, even though I've never been through it. But there's sometimes I'll write, somebody will write something to me, and I'll be like, my God, I, I, I have no idea what that would be like. He doesn't mind me saying it, but, you know, Fro just buried his own brother, who wasn't just a brother. He was really, in a lot of ways, the closest person, no offense to his, your immediate family, but he's the, Fro had an unusual situation growing up, and his brother was the only other person that was in that exact because they had the same father who 
had another family. You don't mind me telling that. It's like, it's just, it's what it is. So he, it wasn't just a brother. It was, this is the one person in the world who could fully understand what my life has been. I don't, I can't empathize with that. He called me and said, I got to do the funeral. I walked him through that. I told him the stuff, but I said, first of all, I've never had a brother. So I don't know what that would feel like. It would be insensitive to me to say, I know what you're feeling. I'm just like, my God, that's, that's huge. And you'll get through it. And I asked him today, how'd it go? It was fine. Was it painful? I'm sure. It was what it was. There's nothing you, there's nothing I can say to make that any better other than, oh, I'm praying for you. And that's not dismissive. That's like, wow, I, I wonder what that would be like to lose a, to have a sibling, to lose a sibling, especially a sibling that's that close to you. I don't know. But I also know when I hear from, and it's just a pretty regular, steady stream. It's not every day, but it's every few days. Somebody who's somehow searching online for something just now found my video from nine years ago, and they're in a very different place that I don't, frankly, have the patience to walk them through. You know what I mean? It's like they're wanting to talk about stuff. I'm like, I I don't think I'm your guy, and I've kind of said all that in my book. Here's my book. I'll even send it to you for free. But I will tell you this. Can I just say this without, we don't have to talk all night long. You're okay. You're not going to hell. Those people that have said all that stuff, they don't know any better. They're just, they're just reacting out of their ignorance. It's their problem. It's not yours. You're beautiful. You're fine. I'm praying for you just like you are. And I don't, and I don't want to, I'm just telling you, I've already heard this story a million times. I don't want to, I'm not their guy to sit there and hear it or read long. I'm just not. That doesn't mean I don't care about it. I care very much about it. I always return those calls. I was like, all right, let me get, let me get you to the point. Re, you know, watch the video. I'm going to send you some other links to some stuff. I don't have the time or the energy to sit here and, and talk to you all night long. But here's the stuff I've already written about it. Here's what I've already recorded about it. You go look at this and then get back to me. And nearly every time I'll hear back from it, no, you answered, I got your book and answered all my questions. But what I hear from them is it just means the world to me to see that you've gone on, you've been successful, you're happy, you have love, you're married, you had a happy ending. You're, you know what I hear more from anybody else are men who were married and had children who now their children have nothing to do with them. And they say, you have no idea. Every time you post a picture with your kids, it gives me hope. Every time, it's like I just, I can't tell you the times I've nearly given up and then I see you with your kids. And it's like it just, that's why, that's why I do things like this week. Jonah and Christina had both sent a a message for our anniversary. The reason I do a screenshot of it, put it on there, is for all those people to say, look, you're still a good father. There's still a possibility that, you know, they can get past it. If you know you're okay, they eventually will know you're okay. And that if, if they're thinking you're not okay, it's because they're picking up on your subliminal feeling that you're not okay, and that's what they're responding to. But just to be able to say, I could, I could give you a thousand scriptures, but let me just tell you, as a man who's been in the ministry for the better part of half a century, you're fine. 
God not only loves you just like you are, He made you just like you are. I don't have time to talk to you all night long about it, baby. You're going to be okay. You know, and if somebody says they're about to kill themselves, I'm like, all right, now you're going to make me have to call a hotline. You're going to take suicide off the table or we're not having this conversation. No, no, I'm not really going to kill myself. Okay, fine. Then here's what you need to do. And sometimes, sometimes it's something I can't empathize with. I share this with you and I'll end it because this is about prayer. This has been, I, I think I've told you this. This has been three years ago. I get this call from this pastor of a um, um, independent Baptist church. If you know anything about independent Baptists, they make Southern Baptists look like the Playboy Club. I mean, they're so they're so extreme. I mean, the independent Baptists are more holiness oriented than Pentecostals are. And this man calls and uh, I said, what can I do for you? And this person says to me, I know I'm a woman. I've always felt like a woman. I know I'm, I'm, I live as a man. I'm married to a woman. I have children, but I know I'm female. And I said, well, you know, that's not my, that's not my story. I mean, the, the G and the T and LGBT are light years away from each other. I've never had gender conflict. I've never, I've never wanted to be a woman. I've never felt like a woman. I've never wanted to dress like a woman. That's not, I'm not judging somebody else. I'm just saying that's not my, I like being a man. I'm like, that's, that's not my experience. And, he's, and he said, no, but you know what it's like to know something about yourself that you know isn't going to change and there's no way to integrate it into your world. And he, and he said, I'm about to kill myself, but I'm afraid I'm going to go to hell. And I said, all right, if you're really serious about suicide, I, this is, conversation is going to go in a different direction because I've got to call somebody. No, I'm not really. I said, You've got to t- you have to take suicide off the table. You can't. You're going to have to promise me your kids aren't going to come in and find your body somewhere. Okay, fine. And he's already out to his wife. She's already out to her wife. And uh, I said, you know you're going to lose everything. I said, I lost a lot. And in a very liberal environment, you're going to have to have a whole new life. If this is, if this is your truth, those in the Baptists, ain't going to happen. So, so, be prepared. But I said, let your kids know it from you. Don't let them hear it from somebody else. And then it was the strangest thing when, when God speaks something to you that you've never heard before. And I, because I, because I'm just, let me be very honest with you here. I don't empathize with transgender issues. I mean, I don't like, with me, I'm like, you don't look like a woman, don't be a woman. You know, like that's the way I, I mean, I, and I have to think, well, I'm sure there are other people that look at me and say, well, why, why don't you just, why are you just attracted to women? What's, what's wrong with you? So I think, all right, I need to try to, this is a real thing people aren't making up. So by the Spirit, I said, what is your real name? And this person says to me, female name. And so I begin to pray for her. I begin to use the pronoun she. God, she. is, And I've never said these words. I've never thought this way. But I knew it was the Holy Spirit. Because there's nothing's going to change this reality. Whether... Whether this person kills himself or ever comes out or whatever, that's their reality. This person says, I, I've known I was a girl my entire life. That I can understand. Like, wow, what it's like to know something about yourself that like this is... I'm, I live in a world where if people knew this, I can't exist in this world. That I can empathize with. And that prayer 
it changed something in me. You know, to say, all right, God, she's in a terrible situation. And she, this, or whatever. And I, I just knew it was, I know, I know the confirmation of the Holy Spirit. And that was like, that was the correct prayer. And, you know, prayer opens up some things for you. I mean, I told you, I've, here's another story I'm sure I've told. Uh, before I met Ken, I was dating somebody. And Jeremy Lopez was uh, speaking, and he and Patrick were there. And so we went to dinner. I said, I'm going to ask you as a prophet, because I feel like I'm falling in love with this person, but I don't, I don't know, you know, and I need to, I have some red flags and I want to know what you think. So we have a lovely dinner afterwards. I said, well, what do you think? He said, I don't think he has bad intentions, but I don't think he's the right one for you. I said, okay. And he said, can we pray? Can we pray that you'll meet the right person? And my tradition kicked in. I thought, uh, you can't pray for that. Like I knew I wasn't going to hell and believe in hell, but it's like, let's don't let's don't drag God into gay matchmaking. You know what I mean? That even for me, I don't know that I'm ready for that. Well, he, we're I'm driving right out here, you know, driving away from dinner, and he's praying and he's praying the Spirit. He's claiming the right person. He absolutely described Ken. Absolutely, and as as I'm driving and they're praying, I'm like. You get like I'm God, I'm sorry, this wasn't my idea. You know, like like, oh Jeremy, don't pray. This is too weird. But the prayer opened up something in my brain. I thought, well, okay, maybe here's a thought. Maybe as good as you thought God was, maybe he's light years better. Maybe as merciful and as loving as he, she, it, whatever is. Maybe, maybe, here's a thought. Maybe his mercy endures forever. And it was, it, do you understand? It's like it wasn't a prayer. It was something that opened up my mind that I'm not sure I would have met Ken if that prayer hadn't been prayed. Because there was particular thing that I was looking for. Like this has to meet my criteria. And frankly, Ken wouldn't have been on that list. I'm just telling you, this is something he knows. Like he's like, even, I don't think I would have been on his list. I think, you know, you need to find somebody that's really more in your world. And, you know, we're, we've been around the block a few times. We need to be happy and you need to be with somebody that likes the stuff you like and I need to be some, you know. And yet, that prayer opened up something very wonderful in my life. That to me is the threefold chord that I'm talking about. The prayer of intimacy. The prayer that makes a connection. Um, let me um, let me end this with some uh, meditation. Did you find me some music, BJ? Can we do that? Yeah. Are we going to be okay with that one? Let's... Uh, we we'll have to do a long one, but uh, I want us to start getting in the zone for Unicoi. Yeah, bring my lights down. Did you get anything out of this today? Uh, meditation doesn't replace prayer. It doesn't replace the power of intention. 
This is a strand in the threefold chord. Go ahead and start my music. Sit up straight, please. Left feet on the floor.
I want to go back to the mountains. I, I really respect how indigenous people not only honor their ancestors, but are very connected to them still. It's one thing Wellington's told me in Cherokee. He said it's very interesting because in African culture, it's all about the ancestors. It's all about, you know, and, uh, Western culture is more about Ha, ha, ha.